Hello, everybody. It's great to be here again, and it's it's great to feel your energy.、Mm. Uh, you're listening to Back to the Eighties.、Uh, yes, it's a show hosted by two fantastic, fabulous human beings, always caring about their fellow man. Oh yes,、uh, Toscano and Chang. I believe、uh, it. I am Doctor Sweet, and I am Doctor Love Weapon.、Uh, we go by the hashtag Sweet Love Weapon. If you、uh, want to drop us a line or A tear. If you're feeling down, me and Doctor Love Weapon, we're always around. Isn't that correct, Doctor? Oh, that's right. I want you to join us next Friday as Doctor Keith Sweet and yours truly, Doctor Love Weapon, will read your love-hate letters for the very first time as we share every Friday a little episode called Love-Hate Letters. I think. The best part of the show is knowing that we're connecting, and we're really making people feel great. We've sat up for days on end when we used to do crystal math. We would discuss a lot of、uh, of anger issues that people had, and 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 the sweetness of revenge. Days on end. And、uh, days on end. I remember being with you in the studio, and you know, with our incense going on, and、uh, drinking、uh, a six pack of Jolt and.、Uh, Two and a half containers of Taster's Choice. You know, there's nothing like a good jolt with a little bit of cup of Joe in it with ice. Yes.、Yeah. I think sometimes when we go through some of these harsh letters, we need to stay stimulated. Yes, and stimulated we are, ladies and gentlemen. So join Doctor Love Weapon and Doctor Keith Sweet right here at Back to the Eighties next Friday with Toscano and Chang. You go out there and just be good haters and be good lovers. See you next Friday. Let me explain something to you. I am a vintage, mass-marketed children's toy from the '80s. Oh, that must bring back some memories with Chucky there. This is the one and only Back to the '80s, and I've got this ever so wondrous Chang. I'm actually looking at him right now. It's a pleasure viewing you, my friend. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang here on Back to the Eighties, joining you guys one more Friday as we do every single Friday. So thanks for joining us. I, before I go on, I do want to remind you guys and let you know that you can drop us a line at our Facebook page. So go ahead and do that. Subscribe, and you know the rest of the story. But Chang, oh, it's so lovely to see you, especially when you're wearing such a wonderful Zorro hat. Well, yes, this I got this from the. Zorro collection, which you know I sometimes go to my collection of hats, because one good hat deserves another. Talking about hats, I got to take my hat off to you because you've got the Brian Johnson hat wear going on. Yes.、Uh, for a minute,、yes. I didn't know if you were Brian or you were my Uber driver that was formerly a yellow cab <laughs> taxi driver. But that is a sensational、oh、hat. I want to welcome all of our boys and girls from here and across the fine desert to the sea, and your 
tuning in to Back to the 80s. We are the No Fraud Podcast. That's right. We are like no other podcast that you are going to receive right between your ears. Nothing like it. We're going to get down. We're going to get dirty. We're going to get serious. We're going to get stupid. It's everything about the 80s in exactly a little bit less than an hour. Is that not correct, Toscano? 100%. As a matter of fact, I can call it – wasn't there a program back in the 80s called Everything Goes? I believe there was Everything Goes, yes. I believe. Well, we are that show for today, for 2020. Everything goes. Everything goes. Or was it anything goes? That's one or the other. You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, we're going to have to get Pamela, our station hand, to look that up for us. Pam, if you're out there, (laughs) uh, you know, if you could look that up. Pam isn't in the uh, studio with either one of us because of the COVID, and we are practicing safe radio. That's right, like our sets. Cover up and stay six (laughs) feet away. You don't get sick that way. Am I not right? You are. Mr. Toscano. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're doing okay. And I, I love what you're doing to the man cave over there. You got your oh, your, you? your radio stations from the 80s, KNAC, Pure Rock. You got right. your KLOS. And right. uh, and I, I believe that's – is that Jimi Hendrix way at the top right that I'm looking at? That is James Marshall Hendrix yes. where I get a lot of my inspiration, where I decided to grow and fly my freak flag. And anybody that was a hippie or a rock and roller, a freak flag is not the kind of a flag that you tie-dye. No, it is not. That is the length of an individual's hair, and you have to let the hair fly. I Remember, I just told your son, let the freak flag fly. Mom and dad are cool with it. As a matter of fact, uh, speaking about hair, uh, mm. Rod, I made an appointment with Rod Steele, your personal mm. hairdresser. Yes. And, and he said he didn't have any availability because – during this COVID nineteen period, it's been his busiest time ever. So, well, you see, he has he's got the contract with Beyonce and Cher. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, he's very busy with those two women because they are always changing their identities and their looks. Well, uh, according to him, his closest appointment that he had for me, or the soonest he can see me, was July seventh. So ooh. I guess I have to wait. And he said that. Uh, he he said I should leave some of the gray in there, but I said no, I'm not ready for, for leaving the gray in there yet. You you know what I think he's gonna do with you? I think he's gonna give you the Spider Man boss's look. I mean, you know where he's got that that little bit <laughs> that of that crew uh, cut is that that gray going cut? on there? <laughs> I could see you in that type of a cut. Uh, you know what no. I mean with a little gray right there at the tips, kind of no. frosted, kind of no. sexy. You'll kind of look like an X Men character. No, right now, <laughs> right now it's bad. So that's why I'm covering it up. No, no, thank you. Now, uh, remember, on 4th of July, your hair is going to be a little bit long, so stay away from the illegal fireworks. Leave all those all to me. Remember, send, send them to me. To you, buddy. All right. So, as we mentioned to you on our Facebook fan page, if you've been keeping up with us on Facebook, you know that we're starting a four-part series starting today, Friday, and it's right. going to be four Lots parts on music of the 80s. And... Who else could we give the honor but to the greatest of all metalheads, and that would be to the Chang. So we're going to kick it off talking about metal. Today's show is strictly metal, and we did run across, we did run a few. <laughs> Chang's making the uh, the metal the metal horn signs, yes, and that's why I was laughing. But uh, we did announce it on Facebook, and a lot of you have responded. So we posed the question on our Facebook page. Who would win or who wins the best metal album ever? 
in the 80s, okay? And we got tons of comments on this. So before we get there, I got to ask you, Chang, what does 80s metal mean to you? 80s metal. Well, I'm going to go on a side note really quick. Now, uh, there are a few different types of metal. You have the glam rock metal, which is Poison, Cinderella, uh, Warrant. Uh, you have uh, Dawkins. Rat. Motley Crue, who started a rat, of course, rat. Oh, my God, yes, yeah. you're right. And then you have the heavy metal of uh, Motorhead, Slayer, Pantera, uh, Iron Maiden, uh, Judas Priest. Uh, so you have that metal, but then also later on in, in – uh, I'd say probably the 90s we got the the collaboration with metal and rap which really started in the late 80s with run dmc and aerosmith but uh that's in a nutshell there's three different types of metal and to me the greatest thing of metal was the empowerment that it gave me and other guys and girls like me who were tired of uh the rhetoric of society we were tired of getting uh put down or called hippies. We were of our own kind. So what metal is, metal is a music that is made from people that are working class or poor, and they are in the thing of life called the struggle. The struggle is real. You know, when life is not guaranteeing you a lot of things, where it's all about working hard. Yeah. You know, so it's a, a certain anger that is built up that these, these great bands make, which not only the great bands, it creates a personality. Right, right. We posed the question on Facebook, and let's go ahead and, and mention some of the the great choices that uh, some of the people put on our Facebook page. David Smith said, definitely, definitely, Iron Maiden's album. Oh, yes. Now, now did Dave go with uh, Number of the Beast? Uh, yes, number, number of the Beast. That's a great Absolutely. album. Let's see. Uh, we have Ty Olson who said possibly Motorhead. Now, now mm, speaking nice. about Motorhead, when did they uh, originate? Were they a '70s band that flipped over into the '80s? That ran into the '80s? Yeah, you know the 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 funny thing about Motorhead, uh, you know Lemmy, the leader of the band, probably the, one of the greatest heavy metal bass players and lead uh, lead men in a band of that generation and beyond. Rest in peace, Lemmy. Uh, now, Lemmy, uh, believe it or not, was a roadie for Jimi Hendrix at one time. Uh, he also was in a band back in the 60s, early 70s. That was kind of like a band like Strawberry Alarm Clock, uh, maybe something like Pink Floyd, kind of like an early type prog rock kind of uh, theatrical rock band. And then later on into the late 70s, you know, when he was out of that scene, he started his own band, which was Motorhead. Now, Motorhead kind of was like a slash between metal and punk. It had the attitude right. of punk, the aggression of punk, but it was uh, fast-paced, made more sense than punk. And then you had the hair and the leather, which is metal. So it was like metal punk. Not like the Ramones, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Jackson said that it was it's just too tough because there's so many amazing 80s metal albums. Jason McRobert said Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast. Jason put two posts. On the first one, he said Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast. 
On his very next post, he said, oh, and Motley Crue, shout at the devil. Now, he needs to take a good look in the mirror and smack himself for coming up with that one. Now, I would give Motley Crue uh, their very first album better than Shout at the Devil, which is, uh, you know, where the live wire yeah, was and, on. But, but I got to admit, I mean, you got to admit, Motley Crue is a good band, or at least, you know, we're talking past, of course. Motley Crue is a good, a good band. They are a good band. You know what? They're a good LA band. I don't know if you'd put them up there with with uh, Maiden. No, they don't compare with Maiden or a Judas Priest. Uh, you know what though? Motley Crue was like uh, better than Kiss. You think? I liked. I, Kiss I actually a, liked Kiss better. Well, you know what? I like Kiss because Kiss. I mean, Kiss was one of the first hard rock bands that that made me grow my hair out. Uh, yeah. You know, I went to go see them at Magic Mountain. I watched the movie that they came out in, which was really bad. It was a good thing I was kind of a kid, or I, I would have thought that movie sucked. But uh, yeah, well. it, Molly Crew to me was like a little bit better than Kiss. You know what I mean? You had a bunch of street cats, man, L.A. cats. You know, and they did what they had to do for the money. They got chicks. They partied. They fought. You know, they had fun. But then they went. They wore makeup. You know what I mean? So they could up their style and. And up their game so they can be the millionaires that they are. Right. No, exactly. Crew was a solid band. I saw them at the US Festival. Their sound system kind of <laughs> sucked, but I got to give it up to the boys. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, Mark Donovan uh, put in Slayer, Rain and Blood. Yeah. Oh, I would tell that guy I want to hug. <laughs> give him a cyber hug for that one. That's a bad album right there. I could never, I could never get used to just such. You know, lyrics that that Slayer came out with. Uh, those were some lyrics. You had to have a set of cojones, or you had to really understand the anger, or you had to have the education of the book and of certain religions, I think, to understand what Slayer was writing about. Very dark. Yeah, this is the same band that sings, you know, uh, uh, that's Rain and Blood album, and right. also sings a song called Jesus Saves. <laughs> yes, exactly, brother. And then they have only, you know, hey, dude. Yeah. They open the door for bands like Sepultura, too, yeah. which is another crazy band. Yeah. Which is kind of like you get the black metal, bro, which is black metal evolved from that. Black metal is, you know, the devil's music. They say it's just a darker metal, a lot more aggressive, a lot more fast paced. That's, you know, where the guys. That's the one that they, you know, all you hear is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, you know me, man. I'm a metal cat, but I can't get into that. I like to hear somebody's range, vocal range. I want to hear good lyrics. I want to see if you're educated. Sing about a war. Sing about uh, the struggle of, of society. Give me that metal. When you lean into a microphone and go, it's like, what are you, vomiting in the toilet, bro? I want to hear you sing, bro. If I wanted to hear something growl, I put a dang microphone next to my dog. I mean, you know what I'm saying, brother? I'm not into the black metal, but I am into the black hats. Nice. On that note, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more of this on Back to the 80s. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
You are back to back to the 80s with the hosts, the Toscano and the Chang. We're discussing rock and roll, and we are discussing metal today. Uh, we have uh, a list going on our Facebook. Give us your, your opinion of the greatest metal album of the 80s. Uh, and I know we've got a couple of votes for Maiden. Who do you got swinging on there right now, brother? Who's up on there, and, and what are they saying? Uh, Jamie Hall says Maiden Power Slave is his favorite album. Very interesting. Also a good album. I, I wouldn't put it ahead of Number of the Beast or Killers, but uh, that is a great album, and it was a great tour, too. Uh, Jason Reeves says Anthrax, Among the Living. Uh, Anthrax was a pretty good band. Anthrax also kind of a uh, little bit of that hip-hop kind of flavor in there later with them. You know what I mean? They did a, a, an album with uh, Public Enemy. Oh, did they? Yes, they did. Yeah, that but was how, how much hip-hop can they be? Because, I mean, today, it's Anthrax Slayer opening up for Metallica, so it can't be that hip-hop-y. Well, you got to remember, everybody, bands are getting old. People want to, you know, music is not what it was, so they're going to jam in all kinds of uh, one-sung heroes on tours together, which are really ridiculous. Uh, you're putting Metallica up there. And Metallica, I'm sorry, they were better when they were drunk. <laughs> you know, they they just lost that firepower. To me, they lost that firepower that they once had. That, and when you make a lot of money, you have a tendency to lose the anger that you should have when you are a metal guy or a metal person. Well, also got to remember, all these guys have kids and grandkids, and and most of them are now attending. I'm, I'm preaching to the converted. Now, brother, you're, you're talking... To the dictionary on that. I I have I have four girls, brother. Count them. Four. Two grandchildren. And I stay metal. Ooh. Woo! If you can't stay metal, then you got to get out of the kitchen, my brother. Because the frying pan is too hot and heavy for you to hold. Michael Wen. He says his favorite album of the 80s was Heavy Rock by Kiss. And Dio, I believe. Uh, dude, there is another, uh, God rest that man's soul, Rodney James Dio. Had the pleasure of meeting Rodney James Dio uh, uh, backstage at a Tesla concert. Dio, dude, Dio started a band called ALF, and then he took the realm of Black Sabbath when Ozzy was getting a little bit too high and was asked to leave the band. Me, personally, right. I like the, uh, the vocals and the range of Black Sabbath with Dio as opposed to Ozzy. But I do love the Oz man because uh, Sabbath originally with Ozzy was like hard blues, just like ACDC. So you you want to know my favorite song from Dio? What would that be? Check this out. Oh, yeah. What a great song. Great, great song. Where he goes, would you agree? Who? Right, That's none other than Dio with Holy Ah, yes. That was a great album. And uh, again, a great tour. Uh, me and my late yep. buddy, uh, we got to go see Dio, and we had the floor seats to go see Rodney James Dio. How was that? 
that was uh, life changing. I'm telling you right now, bro, that was an awesome show. And the funny thing is, like, my best friend, Raimi, and Dio were probably about the same size. <laughs> they were really short dudes, bro. <laughs> really short dudes. I don't even know how Dio saw my buddy. My buddy was a little dude. I used to call my buddy Squirmos. God rest his soul, bro. He passed away when uh, uh, I was uh, when we were 19 years old. I miss that guy. That guy was metal all the way. Wow. Typical metalhead, bro. Me and that guy went to so many gigs, bro. We bled metal back back in the eighties, brother. Well, you still bleed metal, my friend. Oh, you, you still have bleed to, bro. Metal. You have to. It keeps me young. Keeps me. Uh, keeps me pumped up. It's like uh, being on Jolt Cola. Oh, uh, TJ TJ Gill said uh, Deep Purple, Perfect Strangers. Now Deep mm. Purple is a seventies band, right? Deep Purple is actually a seventies band, but Deep Purple is kind of uh, one of the forefathers of metal, along with Sabbath, along with Kiss. Uh, Judas Priest. If you think back to or, or some of your greater bands, uh, they started metal and they all came out in the mid seventies. If, if you really want to do your history, go back and look at some of these bands: uh, Sabbath, Priest, uh, Aerosmith. Uh, you know what I mean? Deep Purple, Rainbow, uh, uh, Uriah Heep. There's a lot of bands out there that uh, have that metal edge. Queen. Cream. If you if you dive yeah, all the cream. way back That's and you right. listen to Cream, which is Clapton's band, I swear to you, you're going to hear that metal sound in that. Uh, Gerard Higgins said Megadeth with Peace Cells. Uh, it's a great political album, a, a great kick in the face of our, how can I word this without getting in trouble, corrupt political system. There you go. There you go. Um, let's see who else we got. Uh, Roy Muse Jr. Who said Judas Priest? Nice. The Hellion with Electric Eye. Oh, dude! Now that song—it's true to date, my brother. You, you get, you guys can go out there and you Google up or YouTube, get the lyrics, and you're gonna see that the Electric Eye is watching us. It's watching us make illegal turns. It's watching us at street corners. It's watching us when you think your phone is hung up. That, my brothers and sisters, is the Electric Eye. True to life is that song, my brother. It's watching you through Alexa, my friends. That's right, brother. All right. Uh, Randy Bagnell said Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz. Blizzard of Oz, a great album with the the very young, electrifying Randy Rhodes, who was the former guitar player of L.A.'s own Quiet Riot. He uh, died very young. I believe he was 22 years old in that fatal uh, plane crash where it kind of nipped uh, the uh, – uh, tour bus that they were uh, traveling in. Very sad time. That was a great album. The, uh, Randy Rhodes would have surpassed Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen, I believe, had he lived. Do you think it would have surpassed him? Oh, I, I, I guarantee, bro. I, I'll go out on the limb. I'll say it on the pedestal. I'll say it. I'll even scream it from a soapbox. Randy Rhodes would have surpassed Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen, and probably Eric Clapton if he kept around. The only one I don't know if he could have touched uh, the late great Stevie Ray Vaughan. Two different styles, but Randy Rhodes, the kid could play anything, so who knows? Ooh, that's pretty bold. It's pretty bold. All right, and we've got Tim. That's all he wrote, Tim, and he said Queensryche. Ah, now that's a great band right there, too. Very operatic uh, singer, as in Jeff Tate. Uh, kind of, uh, if you were to take Freddie Mercury and... Um, Rob Helford, and you put them somewhere in the middle, you would probably get a Jeff Tate of Queensryche. Now, would you 
categorize them as metal, though? I would uh, categorize them as operatic metal. Yes, I would. I would put them in the same round that I would uh, some of Judas Priest albums. Okay, okay. To be honest. I also, in the harder albums of Queen, although, I mean, they were very operatic, very very smooth on a couple of a uh, couple of their numbers also you know they had some diversity you can you got to give it up to the right brother from uh, 82 when queen of the right came out a screaming heavy metal uh eargasm if you will came through the radio speakers uh to us metalheads back in the 80s when that album came out queen of the right which was an ep as a matter of fact from Chang's lips to your ears. That's right. This is Back to the 80s. When we come back, we have the first of a two-part interview with Shannon Hernandez, the Shan Man of 98 KUPD in Phoenix, Arizona. So don't go away, because there's a lot more where this came from. You're listening to Back to the 80s. For the very first time, Back, back to the 80s. We're here today. We've got a very special guest, Shannon Hernandez, also known as the Shan Man of 98 KUPD over there in Phoenix, Arizona. Over 20 years. I mean, you're a radio veteran, Shannon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and I know that you've interviewed some of the biggest names in, in, in the rock industry. And now you're doing a few things. And one of them has really helped me out on a personal level. And that is helping people or content creators building podcasts and things like that, branding, imaging, and storytelling. I mean, you're juggling quite a few plates up there. Yeah, I do a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not uh, it's not easy, but it's not difficult. It's just um, it's just a challenge every day. It's, you know, um, every week you're trying to build a, a brand new YouTube video. You know, the difference between a YouTube video and a podcast is, um, I wouldn't say wildly different, but when you're dealing with two different platforms, you're dealing with two different types of algorithm and you know, you got to get that finished. Then you got to go into work and then you got to do the job on the radio. And then on top of that, I've got, uh, I got a membership group, uh, of, uh, for people who, uh, are fans of the Shan man. Sure. And, uh, I manage that. And then, uh, and then I teach, I teach podcasting on the side as well. So I, I, I got a pretty full plate. So let's dive right into it because I know a lot of people want to know, we're going to be starting this series off with rock. Uh, it's okay. a four-part series that is going to be all related to music of the 80s. And one of the things that we love to do here is just give our own opinion. Let's go back a little bit because I know you're a genius when it comes to the broadcast world. You know, you've been on the air for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, what have you seen as far as the evolution of rock uh, since, you know, I guess since the 70s? And then going on to the 80s. Uh, you know, so what has changed or what has evolved, I guess, uh, from, I guess, in the 70s, you know, uh, you know, being that I was born in 76, that, uh, you know, I couldn't, I can't really give too much on what the 70s were like other than uh, saying that I listened to music of the 70s. And probably my knowledge of 70s music is, you know, I'm illiterate in that area just because, you know, I would think of like Joe Walsh and the Eagles and things like that. And and then I could say like, where, was that in the 70s? You know, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it was. But those were bands that um, I discovered by listening to 80s music and just because, um, you know, late 80s music and 
that was really kind of the influence. And so when I started to listen to the seventies music and then I already knew the eighties music. And then by the time you got to the nineties music, I think the one thing that has evolved and it's not a bag on any of the music really, um, because what I'm about to say could be taken, you know, one way or the other. But I, I feel like what has changed is the type of soul that is given inside of the music. There just isn't as much soul. I used to bag on Gene Simmons um, when he'd do interviews and he'd say like, yeah, music just doesn't have melody anymore. And it's just nothing but a bunch of screaming. And to an extent he was right back then, but that back then, of course I was into like all the metal and the heavy metal, of course, like of the two thousands and the uh, 2010s and all that. So I understood you know, where he was coming from much later, like much later as being like probably two or three years ago. So when it came down to the music of like the 70s and the 80s, you know, I thought it had a lot of soul. I had a lot of thought that was put into it. These days, I feel like a lot of music that is put out there, it's recorded in a month or two and then it's done. And that's just because of the age of digital technology and how people can create music from their home and it's uh there's just i don't know i just don't feel like there's an art form to it i mean yeah. even though there is but when you listen to music these days uh it's all ha it has the same vanilla formula um cory taylor from slipknot when we've talked to him you know i've, I've mentioned to him like, like i've asked him questions about like you know what what do you think is missing in rock and he just talks about how music is just way vanilla these days it's just super super vanilla it doesn't have the soul it doesn't have you know he, he's not doesn't want to try and bag on them too much but he's just like it just doesn't have thought that is put behind it yeah but we all know what he means <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we all know what Corey taylor thinks <laughs> you know one of the questions that, that i mean this is the argument starter i guess if you want to start an argument online music was just better back then than today <laughs> yeah so let me ask it, you this in your this is just your based on your opinion you know we don't want to start any fights out there maybe we do uh <laughs> Was rock better or worse in the 80s than from today? Uh... <laughs> yeah, there you go. I knew it was going to catch it. Yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily better um, because I love the music from the 80s. I mean, uh, there was a point in my uh, – there was a period in my life where I was I was like bagging on, on 80s music. Like I was like, oh, this music just sucked back then, you know. But then uh, <laughs> last year – uh, KUPD had the 40th anniversary of the radio station, and you're talking, what, 1979. That was when it turned into a, a rock station. And so I was encouraged to discover, or not discover, but to explore the rock music of that era. Now, when you when you look at the rock music of that era, you know, there's two different types of rock music in that era. You know, the, you, know you, you could talk about Ario Speedwagons in, the, in there, you know, and be like, okay, that was rock music. But then you go later into the decade, and then you're just like, well, then it was Rat, and it was, right, you know, right. <laughs> it was Warrant and Whitesnake and all those bands. So it's kind of a subjective, uh, a subjective view, because all of that music I just think is great now to these days. It brings me back to a better time. It brings me back to a time whenever things were more simple. There was not a coronavirus. There was not, you know, uh, the Internet. I mean, you – you know, I, I talk about this with a guy at the radio station at night because he's the same age as I am. And we talk about how, like, you would walk down to the convenience store and you would go buy candy or whatever. And then, like, there was no phones. I mean, you just had to kind of live in the moment, live in the now. And so that music kind of was the soundtrack to your life at that time. It's what took you away, right? I mean, yeah. we actually used to use our verbal communication skills, you know, <laughs> make our way throughout the day. 
Well, yeah. let me give you a quick list, okay? And I'll just mention a, a few songs. You know, I looked all over and I looked at these different lists from billboards and Wikipedia, sure. uh, yeah. what they think, what the people think were the greatest rock songs. Believe it or not, and I put, I even put a hard rock and I get listings like Michael Jackson's uh, Billie Jean. I mean, yeah, I understand, but, mm-hmm. but no, that's not what I was looking for. So this yeah. following list is a list that I got from Hard Rock Rules, and it's their own billboard, and they give you A, B, and C songs and things like that. So I'm just going to give you the A, A songs, according to their fans, are the greatest rock songs of the 80s, starting with 1980 from Van Halen and The Cradle Will Rock. Oh, How familiar are you with that song? Such a good song. I mean, I mean, you're talking about 1980, the cradle will rock, and you're talking about Van Halen since they they were already out like four years prior, and they were cranking out some albums already. So then, by the time you got down to uh, the cradle will rock, I mean, it was it was kind of like I mean, I don't I was still a kid, so I wasn't into rock back then. I was like exploring and discovering things like Def Leppard and and, and Men at Work. Those were things that I was discovering. But then when you when I got older and I was like, oh, this song, these songs were like in the 80s these van halen tunes i was like it to me i as an older person late 70s early well as a, born in the late 70s and then uh, grew up in the 80s and then now and fast track to how, who i am now i thought those tracks were awesome i thought like the cradle of rock is just awesome i thought all those at van halen's albums after uh van halen, van halen 2 were just awesome yeah another one of the 80s songs is one of the greatest rock groups of all time that's Queen. Another one bites the dust. And yeah. It's interesting that that falls into uh, like a hard rock as well. Yeah, I could see that one. I remember when I was a kid and uh, my friend Jeremy and I, we would listen to Queen. And this was probably like 83, 84. And so knowing that Queen and the uh, and, and those songs, you know, another one bites, bites the dust. That was just kind of the era. That was what rock was. That was kind of like, I don't know if that was what was extreme but that's what people perceived as extreme. I think things like Van Halen were probably a little more extreme. And then when you get bands, and if you were to go way deeper, and you're talking about bands like Savage, you know, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> those oh, were yeah. like extreme. You yeah, know, people didn't listen to that. 1985, we got Alone Again by Dawkin. Oh, dude, I love Dawkin. I love Dawkin. <laughs> I mean, if if you had more bands like that today, anyway, I don't want to go there, but. Uh, Dokken, yeah, 1985, the song Alone Again. I was playing them like almost every other week last year on the radio just because I was like, dude, Dokken just, they they killed it back in the day. They used to be made fun of so much in the 90s and 2000s, but then you go back and revisit those tracks and you talk about George Lynch's guitar playing and you're just like, oh man, he's so good. Yeah, yeah. Here's a song and a band that I never expected. When I went to school, when I was in high school, and I remember going through math class, and this one kid had this shirt with yellow and black on it, and striped like a bee. And I was like, "What the heck is, what the heck is that band, Striper?" I was gonna say, "You're not talking about Striper, are you?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and on this list of for 1988, there's a song which, by the way, is a great song, "Always oh, There God. for You." I think it was called. Uh, it was a great song. Now these, now these band members, this band is a is a Christian band. Yeah. And they came out. You don't expect to hear what you hear when you get Striper. Yeah, it was. So what year was that? That, that 1988. Had like 86, 87. Uh, according to this is 1988 uh, for the song Always There For You. 
I don't remember that song. I don't remember that song specifically. I remember their hit and the one that was played on Headbangers Ball, which was To Hell with the Devil, I believe. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so that was the big hit, which was I thought was hilarious because every Saturday night, whenever my sister and I would watch Headbangers Ball and we would we like would watch it. I don't even know if it was on Headbangers Ball. All we know is that we would see a Megadeth album or a Slayer song, and then that song would come on. Or I think that's what it was. And we were just like, oh, my God. Like, why? Like, this is a total Christian rock band. But they were, I don't know, back then, they were accepted into that circle because it was rock music. And it was such a weird time anyway, just because um, Christianity and, and music and hard rock music just didn't mesh. It, it was a, It was – it was kind of chastised. Yeah. And especially chastised. back was- then. I mean, even more so than today. Today, it's like, okay, whatever. But uh, oh, yeah. back then, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is like blasphemy. Yeah, I think it was just because there was a lot of bands out there. There was the Megadeth and the and the Slayers. And then, of course, there was Metallica's. And they mentioned the devil or they mentioned, yeah. you yeah. know. Anything that had type of any type of imagery that was darker than just Christianity itself. And so when Striper came out and was like, no, we're going to do the other side of it, but we're going to make a rock music. Sure. And everyone was like, right. Yeah, yeah, that's going to really survive. (laughs) Yeah, it was the day of the backmasking. Remember back then? Backmasking. (laughs) Yeah, backmask. Yeah. Uh, a, a Sabbath record, and then you could hear Ozzy say, you know, I don't know, whatever, you know, the, the eat the Twinkies or something. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. All right, let's jump over to uh, 1988 as well with a song called Angel with Aerosmith. Yeah, that, I mean, that I could, if that was like a, a, a popular rock song, it was. I remember that. Like, I just remember that. I can still hear it, the chorus line in my head. I mean, it was a good song. There were way better songs on that album, but yeah, I mean, it was yeah. a good song. Uh, 1989, Great White. There's a song. Now, I would have picked a different song, but they, according to uh, their fans, they picked Angel Song. Uh, see, I don't, I don't so even have, know that one. We Yeah, so we have this discussion at the radio station all the time when we talk about late 80s rock, and we talk about bands. We go like, oh, you know, bands that, like, that were popular, you know, that were popular. Guns N' Roses, Warrant. Sure, sure. Well, not even Warrant, but like Guns N' Roses, White Snake. Uh, Rat was pretty big, I think like 86, 87, I believe. But then when you start talking about like Great White, we always say like, well, Great White only had like four good songs. <laughs> the only thing you used to watch if you watched MTV uh, was their song Once Bitten, Twice Shy. Yeah, that was it. Like that was, I mean, I can remember, you can just remember, like I just remember it would come on. And like, that was like the one song. I mean, it was a cover tune as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so it wasn't even like it was their own. So it was like, uh, it, it, they 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 took that cover tune formula, put it on MTV, and people loved it. Not like I was not a fan of one once bitten twice shy. The one that I was a fan of was when they did cover Led Zeppelin's "Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You." That uh, was a cool cover. Yeah, yeah, but that was from the '70s, right? Yep. So correct. I loved that cover, and that's actually what got me involved. That's what got me listening to '70s music. Right. Let's jump to 1980. Let's go back in time, 1980. As a matter of fact, January 19th, 1980, with another brick in the wall from Pink Floyd. Oh, the Floyd, yeah. So uh, that's such a good song anyway. I think that song stands the test of time to this day, to this day. Yeah. I was not a fan of it, um, believe it or not. I, I did not really get involved in, in Pink Floyd until I was I had started my radio career back in 2000. And we were playing Floyd and I was like, this stuff sucks. And then somewhere <laughs> along the line, I just grew into it and 
it, it, you know, and then of course I became a big Tool fan, and then I was like, well, Tool's like basically the Pink Floyd of of today, and so sure. I was like, oh yeah, whatever. And so then I started listening to Floyd. And I'm like, oh, I get it, you know. So then I really got it, and so then I I think about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, this this is a really really good song. And then Corn, of course, co- covered it, so you had to like it at that point. Yeah, yeah. And lastly, we're gonna end up Def Leppard 1987 with the song Animal. That was a good song. I was a big fan of that album hysteria that yeah. was such a good song i thought there was a in fact that whole album is good so i you know animal i remember being on mtv i think that was my first kiss yeah to that song yeah that was my first kiss back in the 80s there's a thing to remember yeah I th- i'm pretty sure my first kiss was an it's an animal uh or one of those songs off that album but all i remember is that that was a good song and then i still listen to that album today i mean armageddon it was a good out al- a good song on there too Hey, stick around, because next week we're going to finish the interview with Shannon Hernandez. You're listening to Back to the 80s. Welcome back to the 80s. This is Descano and Chang, and this, this is the part of the show where we talk about those things that made us angry back in the 80s. And in honor of the most wondrous Chang... We've dubbed them Changries. So, Chang, what made you Changry in the 80s? You know what made me Changry back in the 80s? Warrant cherry pie. (laughs) You know what? my cherry pie. You know what made me Changry? You know what made me Changry in the 80s? What's that? Booty socks that girls wore with the little furry ball at the very top of the heel. Oh, I used to like to chew on that like bubble gum. <laughs> you know what got me changry back in the 80s? What's that? The rock band Rat. Oh, I just... <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Couldn't do it. You know what got me changry back in the 80s? Driving around in a GMC Hornet. Nice car. You know what got me... You know what got me changry in the 80s? Metal guys that look like metal chicks. Ah... You know what got me changry back in the 80s? What's that? Looking at a guy with a metal shirt, and he looked like Richie Rich. You know what got me changry back in the 80s? Bon Jovi. (laughs) (laughs) You know what got me changry back in the 80s? What's that? Going to Thrifty's Ice Cream and have them raise the prices from... Five cents for a single to 15. You know what got me changry in the 80s? What's that? Vince Neil getting away with murder. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has been today's Changries. All right, so we were talking about metal bands of the 80s, and we were reading off a list of some of the suggestions that people thought was the greatest album of metal in the 80s. Now, I have to ask you, for Chang, who and what was the album of the greatest metal band in that entire 80s decade? Because people want to know. Well, for me, anybody that knows the Chang, they know that I am a tremendously huge fan of the greatest metal band in my mind and eyes as in Judas Priest. Uh, the wizardry of the dual guitar, the vocal range of the great Rob Helford, the sound, tough bass playing, 
of Mr. Hill, who in fact was Rob Helford's brother-in-law. And uh, Rob Helford's sister talked to her boyfriend, which is Hill, and said, you should try my brother out for the band. And blam, Judas Priest became the metal gods. I would have to say Screaming for Vengeance to me is the greatest metal album of the 80s because to me, Judas Priest was the greatest metal band of the 80s. Period, All right? Except even, even towards the end of the 80s where everything was going glamour. I mean, everything. Even Judas Priest went glamour. I'm not going to shy away from the fact I thought it was disgusting to see, but <laughs> did they go hey, that was my band. Rob Halford was growing hair. It could happen. And uh, they did Turbo Lover. But even tracks on that album are just like cutting edge. Yeah. But it was a little bit more poppy. But you know what I mean, dude? To me, they shredded. They were the greatest band at the US Festival that uh, I witnessed in 1983. Very nice. Well, on that note, this has been Back to the 80s. Another Friday, another day where where we get to enjoy each other's companies and reminiscing on those things that just right. made us smile back in the 80s. I want you to have a great weekend ahead, a safe one, because, you know, those numbers are going up on that COVID-19. That's right. So just be very, very careful out there. Do your best to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your fellow man. And from Toscano, I'll talk to you and see you next week. And from the wondrous Chang, I want you guys to all remember to stay lifted and gifted and show some care and dare to wear those masks. Take care of each other. We are one race, the human race. You guys check back with us again, and I promise you, from the bottom of my metal heart, we will make you smile until you cry. Adios, arrivederci, orale, and hasta la vista, baby. Take me back.